when God gives us a sign, he keeps his word. He keeps his word. The shepherds found the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Ahaz, when Jesus was two years old, the sign that God gave Ahaz was completely fulfilled in 732 BC. He keeps his word. He gives you a word. Then if you're struggling, he'll give you a sign for fear or for direction. And then he follows through. And on the other side of that sign, the shepherds found baby Jesus and Ahaz had those two kingdoms that came up against them completely destroyed. It's time now for the Autumn Mile Show. Your girl, Autumn Miles, back with another totally exciting episode of the Autumn Miles Show. I love you. I just love you so much. I love this season. I love what God does during the Christmas season in our hearts. I love everything about this month. Always. I love the sparkle. I love the parties. I love the food. I love the people. I love the clothes. Everything about it, okay? I am a Christmas sap, like to the nth degree, which is why if you have been a listener a long time, and I know that you, a lot of you guys have years and years and years, um, you know I chalk the entire month of December up with Christmas content. And today, y'all, ain't gonna be no different, okay? I've got a word from the Lord for you, and I know God's in it because it was frustrating getting it out. <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna be so good today. And I and this is gonna be a little teaser for you guys after the break. We talked about last week the signs of that God gives us to comb our fear. That was last week. This week, I'm staying, I'm staying in this passage of scripture. We're going to add Luke into it. But after the break, we are going to talk about signs that God gives us to direct us. Okay. There's multiple reasons why God would reveal signs to us. Last week, we talked about fear. And after the break, we're going to talk about direction. Which way do I go? It's going to be so good. I've got so much to tell you. I'm like so geeking out. So that is after the break. You guys, it is the holiday season. Listen, if you would like to give to your favorite podcast (laughs) and ministry, go to autumnmiles.com. There is a giving tab on it for the holidays. If you would like to support what we do, if what we do has ministered to your life in any way, would you consider it? Would you pray about it? Because this is something that we didn't push this for years. And I just really feel like the Lord's like, why, why aren't you? Like there's people out there that I have deposited a desire to support this ministry in their heart. And so I, I'm like, you're right, Lord. And so that's why I continue to ask, um, because it takes a lot to pull off an excellent podcast for you. It is not cheap in order to do that and to keep the team up and running and stuff like that. And God is our sustainer. Okay. God is our, he has sustained this ministry since 2010. He will continue to do so. However, if God lays it on your heart, go ahead and give. 
Also, breaking news. But not really breaking news. I mean, I don't know any breaking news. Uh, But I will tell you, this is breaking news for the Audemars Ministries. I am delighted to announce today that come January 1st, we are going to be making available 30-day Bible studies to you. (laughs) Hopefully you're cheering in your car. (laughs) This has been put on my heart years ago. And I will have to tell you, like writing, I've written a lot, a lot over the years. And writing is a great love of mine, which I didn't know I had. (laughs) Didn't know I had it. But um, there, it's been just uh, increasing question we're getting from you is, is Autumn going to write a Bible study? And the, the truth is that we started, I started writing a Bible study. Oh my gosh, years ago. I mean, um, several years ago before 2020, I started writing a Bible study and it just, for whatever reason, you know, then 2020 came and then all these other things came, but in before January 1st, We are going to have an online digital download Bible study, 30-day Bible study. And I will even tell you what it's going to be on. The very first one will be on Job. And you will be able to purchase that Bible study on my website. And we will continue to put out 30-day devotionals until God tells us to stop, okay? <laughs> so we, this is huge. This is a dream come true for me, but it is, it's coming. So tell all your friends. It will be available for purchase, okay? Because this is a lot of work. So um, it'll be available for purchase. It's not going to be that much, but every little bit helps the ministry. So that is coming. I'm so beyond excited about that, you guys. It's a dream come true for me. Okay. All right. What is happening in my life? So many things. I mean, I could tell you about the Sam's Club trip I just took with my son where he going down like the Cheez-It aisle, the boy asked for every bulk snack you could ask for. I could tell you that. Or I could tell you that my daughter last night looked at my son and said, do you want to know what you got for Christmas? And then in turn, told him what we got him for Christmas. So that was a fun night. (laughs) Um, Or I could tell you of, you know, what happened last week with the team. But there is something that has been deep in my heart for a long time. And I want to tell you that a couple of months ago, I was having a conversation. I've wanted to get my master's degree for a long time. And I do not have my bachelor's degree. Okay. In biblical studies. All right. I got my degree in the travel industry, which was really (laughs) BC, autumn BC. Okay. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was like, like the job, the degree that I have, it, it literally doesn't even exist anymore. Okay. But that's what I got before I became a Christian. Went to Bible school, did not graduate from Bible school because, you know, I met Eddie and I didn't graduate. In all these years, I've been wanting to finish my degree and get my master's degree. And 
I was approached a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, excuse me, about the potential of entering a seminary program where they basically would give me a bachelor's degree based on my experience. And it was very, 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 very slim who they who they were choosing. I think they only chose one. And this is the two month process where I had to, you know, show proof of everything that I had done and all this kind of stuff. And they met and last Thursday night, I got the call that I have been accepted into the seminary and been given the entered into the provisional graduate program. And I'm going to get my master's of divinity. And so um, master's in theology, which I have to tell you is a gift from God. I've always wanted it. What you see here and how much I study here, I study a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot. And I have always it's just been such a desire in my heart, you know, to go on and to get my master's of divinity. And um, I'm going to be able to do that. And so I start in January, I'm going to be going back to school, you'll hear all the things you guys. But I'm really I want I don't want to say proud of myself, because I didn't do it. But there is like an element of wow, God. <laughs> I know you don't say I'm proud of God, but because uh, that's weird. But it's like, I'm so proud to have this opportunity to do this. And the Lord was speaking to me after I got the call. It was really, really cool. My kids were were there and I've been waiting for this phone call. And I knew it was kind of a long shot because, you know, they only choose one person to get into this program. And I knew it was a long shot, but I was praying. I was asking the Lord for it. Lord, can you give me this gift for Christmas? A gift that I can't literally buy with money. And I missed the phone call because I was making lasagna for my kids. So I missed the phone call. And I looked down at my phone after I, the lasagna was done. And I said, guys, I miss, Eddie wasn't there. Guys, I missed the phone call from the school. And so all of us, which was kind of scary, all three of us huddled around my voicemail. We heard the lady on the other end said, I want to be the first to congratulate you. And my kids were screaming and I was cried instantly because it's been such a desire of mine. But the next day I woke up in the morning um, to have my quiet time and I, you know, just sat alone with the Lord and the Lord told me this, you've never needed that. You've never needed that. And that's true. Like everything we do, God has paved the way. You've never needed that. But I knew that you wanted that. And I sat in my little house with my little Christmas trees, with my little Bible and just praised the Lord because he gives good gifts to his children. So that is what's happening in my life. I'm super, super excited. You'll get the benefit of hearing everything that I learn. But I'm proud to be a woman that is getting her Master's of Divinity. And I'm going to rock that thing. And it's going to be awesome. So that is what's happening in my life. That's a little bit longer than I normally go. But listen, come after the break because I'm going to show you how you can find God's will or God's direction for your life through a sign that God has given you. I will see you after the break. What 
do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, we are back. Number one question that I get all the time when we say, send in your questions. This is the what you want to know what we get all the time. The number one question is, how do I find God's will for my life? Number one question. The number, the second question I would say would be, how do I know if it's God's voice or my voice speaking to me? Okay. That would be the number two question that we get. But I just really, as I was processing what I wanted to say today, the Lord brought this whole message together in a very short period of time because I believe today in the craziness of the world in which we are living in right now, everyone that is a believer can possibly get caught up in the confusion of the noise that they hear or they can be led by the Spirit of God to exactly where He is leading their life. It is possible, 100% possible, to find exactly where Jesus is taking you in your life. And one of the ways that He does that is through signs, okay? We were praying right before we went on, and I want to say there are times that God will give me a word. I have a prophetic gift. Don't be weirded out by it. It's super normal when you listen to the Spirit. And I had, uh, there was someone that actually worked for me, and I was folding shirts in my closet, and all of a sudden the Lord downloaded a picture of this person for me. And it turned out, you know, a few months later to be exactly what happened. It was so crazy. But as we were praying before we went on air today, the Lord said, pull up that prophetic word that you gave them. And I want you to read it for anyone listening. And I do believe that this might be where you guys are at today. And you guys let me know, okay? This is who this message is for today. I see you like Dora the Explorer with a flashlight in her hand and a map. And I almost see her walking across the globe 
searching. Searching is the main word that comes to my head. You're searching. You're searching for purpose. You're searching for a place. You're searching for peace. You're searching for answers. I just see you searching. And what the Lord brought to my mind so clearly in a word of his to you is to follow right behind the fire. God gave me this picture of that pillar of fire that God led Israel with at night. And he let me know that he is leading you. I get the sense that that passage from Exodus is one that you need to spend some time in. As you're searching, like Dora the Explorer, looking for peace, looking for purpose, looking for answers, understand this, you have a pillar of fire that is leading you. How many of you guys today would you say, yeah, that's me. I do feel like Dora the Explorer. (laughs) I don't even, is Dora the Explorer even on the air anymore? I don't even know. I don't even know if Dora the Explorer is like a thing anymore. But if you're older than, you know, 30, you know of Dora the Explorer. And like Grace, I remember Grace watching it as a little girl, you know, and there's like the little map and there's, I think, Diego, was that D- her brother or cousin or something like that? And they would just go along and they would go to all of these different places and then have the flashlight looking. And that's what I feel like some of you are doing during this Christmas season today. So my title for you is this. Today we are going to talk about the sign to help you find where Jesus is for you. It doesn't have to be this crazy, arduous process where you're saying, God, are you in this? Do I go this way or do I go that way? It doesn't have to be confusing. The only one that wants to confuse God's direction in your life is the enemy himself. And odds are, if you're looking at your life, scratching your head going, I have no idea which way to turn. You have probably listened to the narrative of the enemy in your mind that is confusing that little door of the explorer with the flashlight that is looking for exactly exactly where God wants to lead her. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Hey, no, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Um, wasn't going to go here, but I want to read here this, this passage to you really fast. For I know the plans I have for you. I have for you. Not you have for you. I have for you. Do you understand that God anoints his plan for you? Not your plan for him. God has the anointing oil, the favor on his plan for your life, not your plan for his life. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Verse 13 says this, you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all of your heart, verse 14 says this, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You will seek me. I got plans for you. And how are you going to find the plans that I have for you? How are you going to find the direction in which I'm taking you when you seek me with all of your heart? 
It is not that hard, you guys, to figure out what direction God wants you to take. But you do have to know how to focus in on the Lord with all of your heart. And you also have to be aware that he is trying to signal and sign you in the right direction. Dora the Explorer with her little flashlight looking through everything saying, where am I going, Lord? Where am I going? I'm about to help you out. I want you guys to go to Luke 2, and that's where we're going to start today because I want to talk to you exactly what happened in the Christmas story. Now, um, let me see. Mm. Let's start in Luke 2, 1. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone who was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who he was engaged to and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in clothes and cloths, excuse me, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men who he is pleased. When the angel had gone away from them in heaven, the shepherd began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lie in a manger. I want to, on the backside of that, because we're going to parallel these two scriptures. I want to read to you what we finished with last week. In Isaiah 7, it says this, Then the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Please hang with me. It's a lot of scripture today. Ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as the heaven. And Ahaz said, I will not ask. Remember that. Nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, listen now, O house of David. Is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of God as well? Therefore... The Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Now, this part I didn't really go over last week. He will eat curds and honey at the time he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. For before the boy 
will know enough to refuse evil and choose good, the land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken. Therefore, verse 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. I'm going to give you a sign because I'm going to give you a sign because you just made me mad, dude. (laughs) Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son and she will call his name Emmanuel. He'll eat curds and honey at the time he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. For Now this is telling you the timing. This is when this is going to happen. Baby's going to be born. For before the boy will know enough to refuse evil and choose good, the land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken. I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in order for you to calm your fearful heart down. And then I'm going to tell you when it's going to happen, what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. So in this instance, and we're going to get to this at the end of everything as it ties in beautifully to the, the bottom of my podcast, the end of my podcast. In this instance, God is using a sign for King Ahaz to calm his fear. Okay, he is saying, I'm going to give you a sign in order for you to know that you have nothing to worry about. I'm going to calm your fear with the sign. What did he do for the shepherds? Listen, this will be a sign for you. The angel came. He said, I've got good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. One particular part of the Christmas story, which is way before Jesus ever came, God was calming fear with Emmanuel. This is so, so good. Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us, was a sign that we do not fear in Isaiah 7. In Luke 2, he is a sign of where to go, okay? God uses a sign in Isaiah 7, to calm your fear. We talked about that. I exhausted it the last two weeks. Go back and listen to those two messages. They are so good. And I needed them both. In Luke 2, God is using Jesus's birth as confirmation of what he told Ahaz forever before when it was prophesied through Isaiah in Isaiah 7. He was confirming, hey, yes, this is the boy who will be born of a virgin, and she'll call his name Emmanuel. It's about to happen. So I'm trying for you guys to to follow me on this. The sign that God gave Ahaz is happening in Luke 2. But the sign that God gave Ahaz was to calm Ahaz's fear. The sign that God gave the shepherds was to direct them on where to go. Make sense? (laughs) I hope so, because I'm obsessed with it. When we're looking for a sign from the Lord on direction, Dora the Explorer, you know who you are. There are often two pieces to a sign. 
Remember I told you last week, oftentimes it's hard for us to believe the truth and it's a lot easier to believe lies than the truth. That's what Ahaz was struggling with. He was worried that his whole entire kingdom, um, the kingdom of Judah was about to be completely destroyed. It was hard for him to believe the Lord when he said, do not fear what they're trying to do to you is not going to last. Sometimes the lie is easier to believe than the truth that God is trying to tell us. So a lot of times, two of the biggest things we need signs for is calming our fear and clear direction. God, is this your will? Where should I go? What should I, should I marry this guy? Should I not? Should I take this job? Should I not? Should I buy a house? Should I not? Should I, you know, quit my job? Should I not? We need a sign to calm our fear and we need a sign for where to go. Okay. This is how this is is going to happen for you. In both instances with Ahaz, what did God give Ahaz first? The first thing that he gave Ahaz was his word. Isaiah 7, um, 7 says this, thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Let me parallel that with Luke 2. It says this here, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a savior who is Christ the Lord. In both instances, when God gave a sign here, the very first thing he gave them before the sign was his word. For those of you that are looking for clear direction on where to go, the odds are if you're looking um, for where to go, you already have God's word somewhere. He is always going to tell you first. Okay, he's not the author of confusion. He's not going to tell you 1500 different things. A lot of times he will tell you first. Okay, Ahaz, don't fear. It's not going to happen. Whatever. Shepherds, I've got good news to tell you. A baby's been born. It's good news of great joy. He's a savior. He's Christ the Lord. He's come to save us all. It's fabulous. It's wonderful. In both instances that a sign comes, a word was given first. A lot of you guys probably don't even need a sign. Ahaz didn't really need a sign. He was just so scared that God was compassionate on him and said, this dude is freaking out and he needs a little extra TLC. So I'm going to let him choose a sign, which he didn't do. And we all know the rest of that story. Listen to last week. But what did he give the shepherds first? He also gave him a word. Guess what? Savior of the world is born. This is good news of great joy that will be for all people. Savior's been born. For those of you that seem confused, let me ask you this. Do you believe that you have heard from the Lord, but what you've heard is just hard to believe? <laughs> Could you imagine being the shepherds? Okay. Here they are tending their sheep. They're just chilling. Shepherds were actually a super important job. It wasn't like, you know, a real fancy job. You know, they probably didn't wear a bunch of Gucci and, you know, <laughs> drive a Lamborghini. But it was a job where they had to be faithful. They had to show up. They had to care for the sheep every single day. 
They had to be consistent. The sheep were on a schedule. They had to be consistent. So they were constantly showing up and constantly caring for the sheep. Okay. They probably didn't live this outlandish, wonderful, flashy lifestyle. Like their Instagram probably was pretty boring, right? So when an angel shows up and says, guess what, guys? A savior has been born. Isn't that great? You probably probably looking around going, this is not this has never happened to me before. This is not happening. This is hard to believe. This is a little bit hard to believe. I mean, shepherds were human. These were not supernatural shepherds. They were just guys that, that were really good at tending sheep. Okay. It's probably a little hard to believe. But then the angel goes so far after he gives his word to confirm it and say, actually. I want you to go to them. This is going to be a sign for you. You will find, which means you're going to go, a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them in heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let's go straight there. Okay, we got it. We know what to look for. We know where it is. (laughs) Let's go straight there. And let's go, they said, in a hurry. For they came, verse 16, in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby. And he was laying in the manger. One set of signs, God gives his word and then gives the sign for fear. And in this particular case, he gives the word and then he gives them a sign of where to go. I want to focus the rest of this on how you can decipher where to go if you are confused. I love the Christmas story. It's so beautifully relevant. You know, people just stood up really boring at services and like read Luke 1 and 2. I mean, I always love it. But you can see like the people that are just there just because they have to because it's their, their Christmas and Easter people and they just show up and they just read the Christmas story. Man, once I started studying the Christmas story, I'm like, this is the most exciting story of all time. And it is so incredibly relevant because everyone is searching for where Jesus is. Everyone wants to know where Jesus is for them, particularly everyone. And I do mean every Christian that I've ever talked to at one point or another has a question on which direction God wants them to go. We all are concerned about the will of God for our life and we want to do what God wants us to do. But where exactly do we find that? This is what the angel said. This will be a sign for you. You will listen, listen. He gives clues. You will find a baby wrapped in a version. Say this is why I'm going back for clothes and cloths because all versions say different things wrapped in swaddling clothes. Let me put that in the KJV version for you. Three lying in a manger. This is how you know this is where Jesus is. There's going to be a baby. He's going to be number two, wrapped in swaddling clothes, KJV version. Number three, and he's going to be lying in a manger. There are three ways that you can tell if you are in the direct will of the Lord for your life. You're going to find him lying in a manger and he's going to be dressed in swallowing clothes and it's going to be a baby. It's not going to be like a 40 year old dressed in swaddling clothes sitting by a manger. It's not it. Baby, swaddling clothes, manger. 
those are your signs. And here's the thing. God didn't bring Jesus to them. They had to go find baby swaddling clothes manger. They had to do it. They had to take the journey with this sign and look for where Jesus was for them. Oh my goodness. This is so good. Dora the Explorer, I know you're out there and you need to hear this. God gave them a word first, and then he is so compassionate with these shepherds that he says, you know what, angel, hey, hey, buddy, I want you to give them the three clues. Baby, swaddling clothes, manger. Odds are God has things that he wants you to look for. Even Abraham went out, he didn't know where he was going. But the Bible says he was looking for a city. He was looking for a city whose architect and builder was God. City, architect, builder, God. Check. <laughs> God, oftentimes when we're looking for directions, will give us a word. I want you to go into ministry. What type of ministry? Well, you need to look for, you know, I'm always a, a fan of women's ministry. So <laughs> women's ministry, that's always got to be God. <laughs> Just kidding. He was incredibly specific with the shepherds because he wanted them to get it right. Baby, swaddling clothes, manger. It's not just any baby. It's not just any baby. It's not just any ministry. It's not just any man. <laughs> it's a baby who's wrapped in weird clothing. And get this, he's in a manger. And that's going to be your sign. You guys, my sign when I met Eddie was super weird. I told the Lord after my divorce, mm, I am 100% never getting married again. <laughs> I was tw 22. That was really stupid. Never getting married again. God, I'm never. I'm just sworn off men for the rest of my life. I'm not going to do it. And the Lord just let me just yak and yak at him. He's so compassionate. Okay, Autumn. Okay. I'm just, I'll just let you talk. I'll just let you talk because you're wrong, but it doesn't matter. I'm a good listener, so I'll just let you talk. And then one day I thought, but Lord, if you do want me to be married again, I'm going to ask you for something. Can my husband be 5'11"? Now, this is weird, okay? And, you know, a lot of people ask me, a lot of women have asked me over the years, do I make a list for my husband? I mean, if you want to, do it. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. I really had two things on my list. Number one, he has to adore me, like adore. And if you know my husband and you know our relationship and you know me personally, you will know that about him. He does adore me. He adores me, and sometimes I'm like, you're adoring me too much, which is... It's a joke, guys. It's a joke, okay? The second thing was, well, actually, there was three because he had to be obsessed with Jesus. But obsessed with Jesus, which is a given, and then adore me. And the third thing is 5'11". <laughs> I mean, I didn't have a really long list because I really, you know, that's the only thing I wanted. And the reason is because I'm 5'6". And when you, when a 5'6 woman hugs a 5'11 guy, she just kind of fits in there and it's a good little like it's a good little difference in height he's not too tall but he's you know not too sure I can, I can get under him does that make sense like with my arms and a big hug and so here I met Eddie and he's like this guy the knight in shining armor that he was and I really liked him a lot and I remember 
randomly after I felt like the Lord said, this is who I have for you. <laughs> randomly, we're on a date one time and I looked at him and I said, by the way, and we were serious. I mean, we were seriously dating. Like I really liked him a lot. I said, how tall are you? And he said, 5'11". This will be a sign unto you, Autumn. I'm going to answer your exact prayer. What are the odds? The odds are this. God was showing me through a very small way. I see you. I hear you. This is a desire of yours, and I'm going to give it to you. Now, he had already pretty much told me, this is your guy. But this was a sign that I was actually headed in the right direction. And that might seem really stupid to you, but it was monumental for me. Because what are the odds? God knows. Okay. I remember when we were, we were, it was a direction sign. Okay. Ought to move in this path. He's 5'11". Baby, swaddling clothes, manger. I like him. I believe, Lord, you've told me this is, he is for me. He's also 5'11". I specifically asked for that. What are the odds? Like, you know, that's pretty weird. I remember when we were naming Haven. We almost named her Genesis. We almost named her Genesis and we almost named her Jubilee. Jubilee out of Leviticus 25 and Genesis because uh, who doesn't love Genesis? <laughs> In the beginning, God, I thought, you know what? She's going to be a, a new beginning for us. You know, we almost named her those two names. Both of those, like I'll probably get dogs or puppies or something one day and I'll name them because I love I need those names around me. Okay. So anyway, I was really going back and forth between jubilee in haven and i felt like the lord had showed me out of psalm 107 30 and he led them to their desired haven is what that verse said talking about the israelites and i really felt like that was my sign but when we got the call to go pick her up all of a sudden i was confused about what we're supposed to name this child and our children are very specifically named okay Grace Elizabeth, Jude Elijah, because I'm obsessed with Elijah, Moses Ezekiel, come on, you know that name is going to be famous one day, and Haven Esther. Um, but when we were pulling up to the hospital to go get her, like they're all going to ask us what her name was when we walk in. And I was just praying, God, we need direction. What name do you have for this child? You have to show me this child. And you guys, I am at the stoplight turning right into the hospital to pick up my fourth born child. And I look to the left asking God for direction. The words had just came out of my mouth. And I looked and there was the company Bell Haven. punched Eddie like right in the in the arm like <laughs> I was like I couldn't even believe that I'm looking at the very confirmation that I'm speaking out of my mouth and he looked at me and I looked at him and I thought wow that is very clear confirmation for the direction of what we're supposed to name this child and let me tell you something even funnier than that we go to the hospital we look for the room she's not there because we went to the wrong hospital. God took us to that hospital to look at that company to confirm that Haven was supposed to be her name. Confirmation. This will be a sign unto you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. He's specific. Last week, I... I had, and I'm, I, I debated on whether to tell you guys this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. 
because you all need to go do this, women. Um, I went to get a mammogram. <laughs> Not great. I almost didn't tell this story, but I think it's important. Go get your mammogram. And it was a great sense of fear for me because I've got breast cancer that runs in my family. Didn't want to go. Talked to my sister. She's like, just cancel the appointment. It's fine. You can do it at the beginning of the year. And I thought, you know what? I should. I didn't know what to do. And I felt the Lord say, go in and do it. And I went in and got it. And I was nervous. And I said, Lord, because I spoke on signs last week, I said, Lord, give me a sign that everything's going to be okay. Because it takes a, like a day or two for your results to come back, right? And the Lord told me this, and I wrote it down. There will be nothing there. Now, my mom's had breast cancer. My grandma's had breast cancer. almost died for it. I told you that story a little while ago. So this has been like a fear that has been resonating in me for years, right? There will be nothing there. Members of my family have gotten a mammogram. They're immediately called back to check things, you know, just to make sure that they're healthy. There will be nothing there, Autumn. I'm telling you, there'll be nothing there. Went to bed that night. Didn't expect to hear from them for a couple of days. The next morning, I woke up to an email. We're happy to report that your mammogram is clear and there is nothing there. Now, before we're talking about signs of direction, but this is back to the sign that God is calming my heart from fear. And guess what? Isaiah says this, Isaiah 7. Therefore, the Lord, Isaiah 7, 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey. Hang with me here. At the time he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. 16. For before, before, now he's born, before the boy will know enough to refuse evil and choose good. The land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken. We talked about sign for direction. He's going to be specific. But I wanted to end up with this because here Jesus is born. He is the sign for Ahaz, but he's also the sign for the shepherds. And he says, before he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good the land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken i want to tell you after my study about this jesus was two years old when these two lands that came up against ahaz were completely destroyed and let me tell you this in 732 bc they were both destroyed in the same year jesus was two I want to end with this. When God gives us a sign, he keeps his word. He keeps his word. The shepherds found the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Ahaz, when Jesus was two years old, the sign that God gave Ahaz was completely fulfilled in 732 BC. He keeps his word. He gives you a word. Then if you're struggling, he'll give you a sign for fear or for direction. And then he follows through. And on the other side of that sign, the shepherds found baby Jesus and Ahaz had those two kingdoms that came up against them completely destroyed. 
Dora the Explorer out there today, as you're wandering through with your flashlight going, where do I go? Where do I go? What do I do? Where am I going? Ask the Lord to give you specific things to look for. What do I look for? Do I look for a ministry that, you know, is here in your town? Do I look for a ministry that's somewhere else? Do I start a business? God, give me signs in order to confirm the steps that you have for me. Because you know what? He's the great shepherd and he's the one that leads you one step at a time. So those of you that are confused, you need to stop being confused right now. And you need to say, Lord, just like you gave the shepherds, very clear sign for direction. I want clear sign. I need clear signs of direction for myself. What do I look for? And when you tell me, I will go straight there. He keeps his word. I thought it wasn't too confusing for you, but I just loved how synergistic those two passages were. And I love the fact that before Jesus was really refusing evil and choosing good, that's what the Bible says, Isaiah 7, 16. We know he was the son of God, but he was still a baby. God fulfilled his sign to Ahaz. I just love that. I think it's so incredibly powerful, and I hope this helps you today. If you are struggling with finding direction, Lord, we love you today. We love your word. This is such a gift. Even having access to your spirit, Lord, and to your power and to your glory is such a gift. And God, I pray for all of those out there that are Dora the Explorer with a flashlight looking through, going, where in the world do I go? What do I do? Which direction? Which person? What church? What this? What that? Be specific, Lord, like you were specific to these shepherds. Show them, Lord. And Lord, I pray that they would have the courage to follow right behind you and obey. Let us go straight there so they went in a hurry. We love you, Lord. We thank you for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. I'll be back right after the break for a question and a testimony. I'll see you in a sec. It's Autumn, and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com, or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching Autumn Miles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Okay, I hope that wasn't too confusing for you. I always, sometimes I second guess, like, should I have said that a little more, more clear? I tried. If I didn't, listen to it again. If you still don't understand, send me an email, helloautomiles.com. Okay, I have a testimony for you, and I love this because she's kind of giving glory to the Lord, even though things are difficult. I keep telling people I'm pruning off dead limbs 
to my tree of life in this season. She's in a pruning season. It's hurting others. It's hurting me. It's hard. It's painful. But it is, all caps, absolutely necessary. All these dead limbs of my tree of life, they are draining me and wearing me down. It's time to make the change no matter how hard it is. And I just want to say, you know, a lot of these testimonies, we've had testimonies of like people that are completely healed of, you know, cancer and all this kind of stuff. And I love those. But I also love the heart that is praising God in a season of pruning because pruning hurts. A lot of times it's really hard to give up things. So I love this. I love this testimony. Thanks for sending this in. If you are in a season of pruning, God wouldn't bring you through something that's not absolutely necessary. So hang with it. Keep believing God because when you prune a branch way back, it grows fruit. It goes bananas and it grows fruit like crazy. Okay. So don't Don't lose faith in the pruning season. Wait for the harvest season that is coming. Okay, here we go. This is a question from you. I'm stuck in hurt from my past and I can't get over the emotions it causes me. How and where do you start? How do you get beyond emotions and into actual truth? Well, first of all, I'm a huge fan of biblical counseling. Huge fan, like huge, okay? So if you find yourself going like, ooh, I don't know if I can get get through this myself, there is, counseling is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's awesome. So if you can't get over emotions from a past hurt, you need to do the work. This whole year has been about healing. And most of the year this year, I have focused on messages that would bring healing to you. Go find yourself a good biblical counselor. Find one. They're out there, okay? And they are good and they are ready to help you, okay? The other thing is this. I often say when it's hard to believe God, simply agree until you believe, okay? Some things, when our emotions are so strong, they are hard to believe, It's hard to change your mind about something when you've been through a season of trauma. It's hard. It's hard to peel back the lies. It's 100% hard. I I, I understand. I've been through this process myself. I totally 100% understand. But rather than focusing on having this crazy Abraham faith, how about you just read the word and start to agree with it? Okay. If we know that God is truth... I'm going to read these scriptures over myself until I believe because it is a process. You can't just now in my life, I was radically saved and and I did flip a switch. But in some cases, after my conversion to Christ, I had to read the word over and over and over and over and agree. Yes, God is true. He speaks truth. He cannot lie. And eventually that agreement with the word became belief. It's a practice that I would challenge you to do every single day because you've got to rid yourself of that toxic mindset. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you for joining me. I can't wait to see you guys next week on a brand new episode of the Autumn Mile Show. Enjoy your week, guys. Enjoy the Christmas season. I'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Mile Show. 
Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.